Welcome back into the Chris Mathis podcast. A talk didn't mean to play that video so early, but talking with Pat Donovan here on Talk to Him Tuesday, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show at 95.3 WDAE. First and foremost, Talk to Him Tuesday brought to you by Information on Demand, pre-employment screening services offering fast, accurate, affordable background screening services. Whether you need criminal background checks, drug screenings, E-Verify, academic accreditations, or other screening services, They've got you covered. You can rest easy knowing a highly trained search team will get you the information you need in just eight hours or less. As Spencer always says, just one night's sleep or less. Information on demand. They're fast, they're accurate, and affordable. Pre-employment background screening services. Give them a call today, 855-914-4636, or visit informationondemand.net. And again, right here, talk to them Tuesday on TCM Pod, joined by... My friend, host of the Pat and Aaron Show at 95.3 WDAE, Pat Donovan, of course, co-host, Spencer Mathis in with us today as well. Uh, Pat, how's everything going down there in Tampa and uh, with your job there as host of the Pat and Aaron Show? It's going well. By the way, you're better at the, the live read than I am. You guys didn't do a background <laughs> check on me before the show, did you? We tried no, to do not, a little bit of research, yet. but... But, uh, yeah, I couldn't necessarily find too much other than the fact that uh, your career has been astounding. Before we talk about the lead-up to where you're at right now at WDAE, introduce yourself and kind of plug what you currently do there at iHeartMedia Tampa Bay. Yeah, so my name is Pat Donovan. Uh, my show is uh, – or our show is, is the Pat and Aaron Show along with my co-host Aaron Jacobson. We're on noon to 3 every day. Um, and we talk a lot of sports and a lot of nonsense and, uh, just have a good time and try to, you know, try to look at sports from a different perspective. I think you hear a lot of radio shows and they're a lot of the same topics. We try to attack things from a different angle if we can. Let's flash back to childhood, Pat. Years ago, I know you're probably at 25 right now, uh, but talk Thank about you. your childhood and uh, where you grew up. I don't think you grew up in the Tampa Bay area. And also, were you involved in any sports? Yeah, so I grew up uh, in a little town called Wareham, Massachusetts. They called it Gateway to the Cape because it was uh, like right before you got to Cape Cod. And uh, I played, the only sport I played ever organized sports really was I played high school football my sophomore and senior years. Um, but other than that, I was I was kind of a backyard sports kind of guy. You know, I grew up in a great little neighborhood called Shangri-La. And, you know, we had a lot of kids that just, we'd all meet at the park. Or we'd all meet on, we had these long gas lines that were perfect for football games and stuff. And, you know, we while I only played high school football two years, I never played peewee football or any of that stuff because I was too fat. And they wouldn't let me play because I was too fat. Um, but uh, I, I, every day, you know, that's what we were doing every single day growing up was playing sports, even if it wasn't organized sports. So obviously sports did play an impact into your day-to-day -day life. Uh, but again, a jump from playing two years of high school football to being a sports broadcaster is a pretty big leap. You know, when you were younger, did you have any inclination that sports radio, sports broadcasting, sports journalism was for you? No, no, I had no idea. It wasn't something I ever really considered. Um, it wasn't, you know, sports talk radio didn't get really big 
until I was in my late teenage years and in my 20s. So it wasn't something that was really put in front of me. And while I watched sports on TV, I guess I never even considered the avenue of being a play-by-play guy or something like that. And so it wasn't something that was really ever on my radar. And I've done, you know, a handful of times I've gone and spoken at schools for the Great American Teach-In. And one of the reasons I love to do that is as a young kid who was just eaten up with sports, it was all I did. And if it wasn't what I was doing, it was what I was watching. If it wasn't what I was watching, it was the video games I was playing. In some capacity, it was about sports. And I just, it never even dawned on me as an opportunity or, or a path for me or for really at all. So that's why I love, like I said, speaking in front of kids because I love opening up that that avenue for them or that thought process of, hey, I love sports. I'd love to make it a part of my day-to-day life. Maybe I'm not the athlete that's going to allow me to do that in that direction, but this is another direction that can allow you to be around sports your whole life. And I know for me, it's been incredibly rewarding. Yeah, no doubt. Again, talking with Pat Donovan, host of the Pat and Aaron Show at 95.3 WDAE, iHeartMedia, Tampa Bay. Now, Pat, what was your ultimate career goal before you decided that sports radio was for you? Or, or we could also talk about when you did decide that sports radio was for you. What was your career goal? I was actually telling this story earlier to my friend Rock Riley. I'm going to be on his podcast next week talking about uh, a lot of the same stuff. And I actually, I didn't have real career goals, to be 100% honest with you, when I was younger. I kind of was a knucklehead for a long time. And uh, when I started dating my wife at 23, you know, we were kind of hanging out one night. She's like, well, what, what's your plan? And I thought, I don't know, maybe steak and chicken broccoli alfredo that this place <laughs> pizza boy makes sounds delicious and she's like no, no 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 i'm not talking about dinner tonight dummy i like what is your plan and i'm like i'm supposed to have a plan like i that's a thing and so when i started to think about it because she alerted me to the fact that she didn't want to marry a career pizza delivery driver uh i just started just kind of thinking about like what would i do what could i be good at because there's not much that i, I would be good at And I I think I was, you know, I would listen to sports talk radio at the time while I was delivering pizza. And I think I heard an ad one day for Connecticut School of Broadcasting and thought, hey, you know, people have always told me I have a strong voice. I could talk about sports all day. It's what I love to do. It's what I'm doing half the time, just hanging out with my friends. And I decided to, to look into it. And I decided it was definitely for me. Yeah, again, before we talk more about your broadcasting career, the start of it at Connecticut School of Broadcasting, you talked about the fact that uh, you were listening to Sports Talk Radio at all times while you're delivering pizza before you started this career of yours. Uh, Who was your broadcasting idol that you looked at and said, hey, I want to idolize that guy. I kind of want to follow his routine. I want to do what that guy does. It's interesting because without really thinking about it, like our first day of broadcasting school, they said, if you could do anything in this business, who do you want to be? And I just kind of like blurted out John Madden because of the way John Madden made me feel about football and how much I love football. And, you know, he's just a guy that I look, but as I learned about broadcasting and really thought about it, and, and you know this, Chris, like as much as I love John Madden and, and anybody else might love John Madden, I really didn't want to be John Madden because he was a color commentator. Right. And, and I want to be like you do. I want to be a play by play guy. Um, but there were just, there, there weren't so much guys, you know, in sports talk radio, even really that I looked at and thought that makes me want to be a broadcaster. A couple of the guys that did, 
I think uh, John Facenda from NFL Films. Anytime I watch some of the old NFL film stuff with John Facenda, I just I absolutely love that. Uh, I remember telling Todd Callis when I met Todd Callis that his father Harry Callis, uh, I could listen to him read a box of cereal because it's just he was that good, right? Um, getting to interview Dick Vitale and uh, the videos on YouTube. If you search Dick Vitale, Pat Donovan, it's actually on Dick Vitale's YouTube page. Uh, but I got to interview him on camera um, very early on in my career at WDAE and, and tell him about how he was one of the men uh, who did make me want to get into sports broadcasting. That level of passion that a guy like Dick Vitale has for college basketball, that's what made me love sports, and that's what made me want to want to follow in those footsteps. Again, you went off to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, graduated in 2004, as far as I could tell, and the rest is history. Of course, you started off your broadcasting career and had your opportunity uh, with your first gig at WEEI as an intern, uh, and then followed with three years spent at ESPN 1470, nearly three years. I think it was two years, 10 months. And I I interned there as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So great. So you start off your career nearly three, three and a half years of being an intern in this business. So talk about your career start and kind of how you were able to stay patient while also growing and continuing to learn to know that, hey, this is for me. It's just going to take time and the opportunity will be there uh, when it's ready. Yeah, it was interesting. Almost as soon as I started school, WEI, which was an AM station out of Boston, they had an internship opportunity because they had just purchased an FM signal out of Providence, Rhode Island. So I got an opportunity to be an intern for the Providence branch, which was good because I got an opportunity to intern immediately while I was in school. It was bad because all that it was was a simulcast of the AM station in Boston. So I didn't actually work around any of the talent or any of the producers or any of the people that were actually making the live radio on a day-to-day basis. I got to write a little bit of copy for a couple of promos, and I got to go to events and hand out T-shirts. So I really didn't learn a whole lot about day-to-day radio. That's why I kind of knew or thought I probably needed to get another internship when I came to Tampa. So I interned for a handful of months at WEI, got to speak to some people there, was basically told if, if I wanted to be on a microphone that I wasn't starting in Boston. So uh, that's when I started to look around. And then when I got to Tampa, I, I did, I interned for uh, ESPN 1470, the first station where I started out. I, I interned there for, I want to say, probably almost 10 months or something like that before I actually became an employee. Yeah, Pat, finally, nice to meet you. Finally, uh, I didn't get to meet you in 2020 due to the COVID year whenever Chris came to visit you guys at WDAE. But my question, my first question is, after finishing with broadcasting school, what was your most desired place like for your career path? Like, for example, Chris, of course, wants to be in Tampa. Where mm-hmm. where was your number one destination right after you graduated? You know, I don't know that I had one. Uh, I don't know that I had, you know, a plan as far as where I wanted to go. I, I wasn't ever a huge Boston sports fan, even though I grew up in the area. I was a fan of uh, the New York Mets and the New York Giants and and some other teams that it didn't really make sense, but it, it's a long story. We won't get into all that, but I, I didn't necessarily have a plan as far as a market that I saw as where I wanted to get to. I guess, you know, like anything else, you want to be as, as good as you can and be in as big of a market as you can. Originally, that was the plan. Uh, when I came to Florida, my 
my idea was not to stay in Tampa Bay, which it is today. I'd love to stay here for the rest of my career. Didn't think I would when I got here. So I just, my first thought process was just get on the radio, get an opportunity. And when I was told basically that, hey, it's not happening here because this is Boston and it's one of the top media markets in the world, let alone the country. And at the time, WEI was the number one ranked radio station, sports talk radio station in the country because it was the only one in Boston. So, and Boston was going through a ton of success. So that was the top sports talk radio station really in the entire country. I wasn't going to get an opportunity realistically there to be near a microphone anytime soon. So then I just kind of started looking around. My mom was buying some property near the Tampa Bay area where I was going to be able to stay for a while while a house was being built on the property. And we just kind of said, screw it. Let's give it a shot. And uh, it worked out all right. I've fallen in love with this city, and it's where I want to spend the rest of my career if I can. Again, talking with Pat Donovan of WDAE in Tampa, Florida. Again, follow him on Twitter at Pat Donovan Twitter or at Pat Donovan Radio. You can see it right there on your screen if you're watching this on Spotify and or YouTube. I know some of you are tuned into Apple Podcast. Go ahead and dump that. Check out Spotify and YouTube to watch this video and see a guy here that, that's done a lot of great things in his career. But starting off with 2012 and your opportunity at WDAE, what was your expectation early? Again, it was another internship, I believe, as you said. And maybe not necessarily. No, not an internship. Talk not about the start at WDAE. Yeah, uh, interned at, at 1470 there, and then was a you know had an empl- was an employee there for a couple of years. So at that point, I was like, I'm that's that's no more internships from there. But listen, you know, I, I interviewed originally for a full time opportunity at WDAE that went to someone else, but they did hire me on as the weekend board op, and that was my job for you know the first couple of years there. Um, was just basically to run the board on the weekends. I weaseled my way onto the air maybe a little quicker than some other people may have, but just because I had experience on the air uh, back at 1470. So I had done some stuff on the air. So the second I got hired at WDAE, I was like, hey, can I do a podcast? I knew they weren't putting me on the radio. Steve Dumig was still there. The Ron and Ian show, uh, you know, had had just finished up. Ian had moved on to uh, another station for a while. But there, you know, there was a lot of established talent at WDAE and I wasn't going to see a show even on the weekends right away or for a while. So I knew, Hey, let me just get a podcast on the website. Let me do whatever I can to just push myself as a personality, even though they've hired me to come in here on Saturday and Sunday and run the board for a few hours. And that's how it started out. And I knew my expectations were that that's how it could be for quite a while. And thank God that were my, (laughs) that was my expectation because it was. I was part-time for, you know, almost seven years at WDA. Well, that's incredible. So my my next question is, how did you get your start with sports journalism uh, in 2014? Not with the, like the sports radio, but with just sports journalism in general in 2014. Well, I, I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Um, I don't throw the word journalism around a lot with Aaron and I because – we don't use a lot of journalistic integrity or, or some of, you know, we're, we're a little more nonsense than journalism. You know, we like to have fun with sports. It's, it's an escape. You know, there's so much serious in this world. There's so many people being offended by something or politics or just news. And just so when, you know, we feel like people come to sports to have fun. So there are positions in this business where you need to have uh, a good amount of journalistic integrity we don't we don't have a ton of that, but I, I got started at Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Um, I got to 
learn from some journalists and some people that really, you know, being that I went to the school in Boston, uh, you know, got to be around some pretty incredible people. My sports instructor uh, at Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Boston was the voice of Fenway Park, Carl Bean, who I don't want to say ironically because it sounds weird, but sadly, I guess, Carl Bean passed away uh, on the day that I was hired at WDAE. So it was, a, it was a very kind of bittersweet day because I realized this kind of, you know, long-term goal of, of getting to the station where I wanted to be for years since moving to Tampa Bay and then lost somebody that was uh, a mentor to me on the same day. Again, talking with Pat Donovan. And Pat, I'm going to read this tweet for you, quote for quote, word for word, <laughs> regarding your move to uh, Tampa and uh, the fact that you love Tampa and obviously have decided to make that a home and hope that it's your permanent spot for your career. But you said, I moved to Tampa to get some experience in radio and then moved again, or, and then move again. I sat next to Dick Crippen at Rays Games and thought he was crazy when he had told me he could never leave for more money or a bigger market. Needless to say, I get it now. I love you, Tampa. What has Tampa done for you, not only in terms of career, but in terms of your relationship with your wife and in terms of just day-to-day life as well? Yeah, it's just, it's it's become home like Massachusetts never was. And I'm sure my friends back home would hate hearing me say that, but I just, I've, I've never been happier than, than, you know, living here in Tampa. And I love my friends back home. I love people back home. I love some of the food back home that I can't necessarily find here in Tampa Bay, but at the end of the day, the city has just really been such an incredible place to live for the past, you know, we got here in 06. Um, and especially since I've gotten into radio and have had so much opportunity to move around the city and do different things in the city, uh, experience so much of what the city has to offer from food to just the fact that it's, it's beautiful out every day, almost, you know, we've had a couple of weeks here where it's just been too cold and stupid and I don't like it. It's not what I come to Florida for, but overall, you know, I see friends back home and I, I remember, you know, going outside 15 minutes before I left the house to warm the car up and scrape the ice off the windshield and some of those things that I don't miss at all. And I just, I I really do love it here in a way that I never expected that I would when I moved here. Um, Sorry to cut you off. I, I okay. didn't know that you were done there. Uh, but you also got a tattoo I got to show off uh, before Spence asked his question. But you love Tampa so much, you got it tatted on your forearm. Uh, talk about that tattoo, how long it took you to do that, and uh, the ultimate decision to get that tatted on your arm. You know, it's funny. I, I didn't want more tattoos after I got uh, – I had a, an original tattoo that was an atrocious tattoo that I had for a long time, and then I – almost had it removed. And then the woman who did the tattoo removal told me that it hurts a lot. And I was like, I'm not tough and I don't like pain. So I decided that that wasn't a great idea. So I got it covered up. And in the middle of the cover up, I realized that like, oh, I really enjoy this for some reason. It's, I, I used to think people were crazy when they told me they enjoyed getting tattooed, but I, I love it now. And I started thinking about other things that I would want. And I want... M- most of my tattoos, I think, to represent something I'm passionate about. Um, I basically, you know, my forearms are covered, um, but they all represent, you know, something pretty important to me. The, the cover up here on this arm uh, is a microphone, obviously, uh, the flag and the, the, the statue here. And then uh, Tampa, by the way, update. If you look, oh, wait, can we get it in there? I don't know. 
uh, in between the palm trees. Now I've got the Skyway Bridge in there as well. That was part of the uh, that was part of the, the update there. Um, but I just I wanted something that represented how much I do love the city, and I look at it as home. And people have been like, "What are you crazy?" Because like, look, the reality is that that radio is a uh, a vulgar business, and there's a good chance. I don't know if vulgar is the word, but volatile, I guess, is a better word, right? Um, and there's a good chance that at some point I could get fired and I'll have to start over in a new market. And they're like, what are you going to do with Tampa on your arm? And, and listen, if that happens, if they kick me out and I got to go try another market, the reality is, is that Tampa will always be where I started my career if it's not where I get to finish it. And it will always hold a huge place in my heart because I just I love it here so much and I really love this community, the way it's gotten behind our show, um, and, and the way I feel like it's gotten behind me as a, as just as a person, the way that you know, I know I have fit into this community, the way they love the military, the way that I love the military. I just I think it's a perfect fit for me. So I wanted the, I wanted a tattoo that was kind of a love letter to Tampa, and that's why it's got uh, the palm trees and the lightning storm and uh, the Tampa theater. Sign. Yeah, that's the same dilemma that a lot of NFL players go through, especially after winning a Super Bowl like the Buccaneers did last year. But you and Aaron Jacobson have been doing your uh, weekly sports talk show for just over three years now. Like at the end of 2018, you guys started. What has been the best part of doing the show weekly and what has been like the most challenging? And it could even be in terms of Aaron Jacobson. <laughs> yeah, you can tell you listen by that comment because he is challenging sometimes but look we're like brothers we love each other we want to kill each other sometimes but um even though i'm like 13 years his senior and i had a few years in the game when it comes to radio and we started working together uh you know even though i have that experience on him he's made me better every bit as much as I've made him better. And I, I mentioned, I was talking to rock Riley about some of this stuff earlier today. And, you know, we're both extremely confident in what we do and competent with what we do. And we know that. And I think there could be a very good Pat Donovan show. There could be a very good Aaron Jacobson show. Um, but neither one of them would be nearly as good as a Pat and Aaron show. And we realize that we, we, we understand that the chemistry that we have, uh, we think it's unique and it's special and, a lot because people tell us that constantly and yeah. you can't hear it that often and not recognize that we're doing something right together. And that's probably the, been the best part of the show is just the way that, you know, we've grown as a combo, the way that, you know, the, the, our audience, the goon squad has grown and, and gotten behind us in a way that uh, you never even think about before you start doing something like this. And it's just, it's been so much fun. And as far as challenging, uh, there are challenges with anything, but at the end of the day, we get to hang out and talk about sports every day. And there's some people working really hard all around us, uh, inside of our building, outside of our building, inside of our business, outside of our business. I feel so fortunate that, you know, the hardest part of my day sometimes is just thinking of enough topics when there's not a ton going on. And like, if that's the worst it gets, if that's the biggest challenge, I got it pretty good, man. Pat, plug your social media accounts right now. We know the Twitter at Pat Donovan Radio. You guys also have a Twitter account for your show that airs daily on 95.3 WDAE as well. Yeah, at Pat Donovan Radio, Instagram and Twitter. Same thing with at Pat and Aaron Show, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. We're probably a little less active on there. We'll throw some blogs up and stuff, but... 
you know, if it comes to like communication, you know, this Chris, if it comes to like, you know, getting a response from us, Twitter's at least with me, Twitter's probably the best way. Um, but you know, we're, we're semi-active on, on the socials and, uh, you know, always, trying to push the product out there and get people to listen and become goons. Yeah, absolutely. Twitter's the way that you and I first connected going on five years ago in which I reached out for some advice. And uh, you've been a friend and obviously a mentor as well. And you're the one that told me, hey, you need to start a podcast. And I waited a year longer than I hoped, but I did. Here we are and having you on the podcast. So it truly is a pleasure to have you here on the show, Pat. Um, And I also want to talk about how radio kind of changed back in 2020. That was a weird transition there, but uh, in 2020, COVID impacted everybody in one way or another, whether it was uh, yourself getting sick or family member getting sick, even passing away, uh, day-to-day life at work changing with requirements, face mask requirements. It even impacted radio as well. And you guys spent some time out of Pat's or out of Aaron's condo recording your guys' show. So number one, whose idea was that? And number two, what was that experience like to have to go to someone's condo, record the show, and it be live radio? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Uh, we made it fun. You know, it was one of those things. And as far as whose idea it was, I don't remember exactly how it came down, but it was at a point where all of the talent for iHeartRadio, at least in Tampa, and I think for most of the country, uh, were working at home in some capacity, whether that would be co-hosts together in one person's home as we did it, at Aaron's loft. Um, and there was only so much equipment to go around, for instance. Um, you know, not every single host could have a, a, a setup in their home to do it from home. Aaron being part of the morning show on WFLA as well, it kind of made more sense to do it his place. Also, uh, Aaron just lives by himself in his loft, whereas I've got a wife and we had three dogs. We now have two dogs, but we had three dogs that could start barking like lunatics at any moment. Uh, I don't know how many times I've been doing a, an interview on some radio station or across the country and my dogs start barking. I always tell them that's my research team, but it would get annoying if it happened over and over again during our actual show. So uh, for all those reasons, it made much more sense to do it at Aaron's, but also Aaron's got this great gas stove and the gas stove allowed for some great meals to be cooked every Friday or most Fridays when we were doing the show at his loft, we would do Goon Squad Kitchen and we would cook different meals and put it on Instagram and share that and and then talk about it on the radio, which gave us content because we didn't have sports happening. So, you know, we talk about challenges. That was a challenge is, is trying to figure out what the hell are we talking about every day when there's no sports going on. But again, it it, it, it was a lot of fun too. I think it opened up the audience uh, in a way that maybe – it wouldn't have happened if we were just still doing conventional sports talk radio every day. I think some other people may have found us that wouldn't have. So as much as there was so much negative about the pandemic and what's gone on around all of us, um, as far as the show is concerned, we really found a way to make it as much of a positive as we possibly could. I know I work in a much smaller market than you guys, but I also had to adjust with my radio shows as well. And I felt like after COVID had happened, or not that it had ended, but after COVID and the weird situation had happened uh, with work and then things started to let up a little bit more, I felt like I was a little bit more creative with my day-to-day work. Would you say the same for you guys, even when you did transition back to the studio? I don't know. 
I don't know. If we're being honest, I'm just not sure. And we, okay, you know, yeah. we, we we strive to try to be creative. We know we're 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 never gonna reinvent the wheel. People have been doing great radio forever. So and there's nothing we're gonna come up with that is super unique when it comes to radio. I mean, again, I think we do attack a lot of things from a different perspective than than most people will. I think, you know, Aaron makes the comment all the time, and we've talked about all the time how you, if you look at the text line during Ronnie and T. Kraz, you can tell based on the texts that are coming in exactly what they're talking about on the show. If you look at the text line during Beckles and Retcher more times than not, you can tell based on the texts that are coming in what they're talking about on the show. Whereas a lot of times, if you look at the text line where Aaron and I are on, you'll think, what in God's name? What in God's name are these guys talking about? And I think that is, it, 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 we do, we try to look at things and do things from a very different perspective, but also we're not, we're never going to reinvent the wheel because radio has been going on for a long time and there are people probably more creative, definitely more creative than us doing it. But we do, we try to attack it from as creative and unique a perspective as we can every day. And I don't know that the pandemic changed that. Pat, one thing that did change your day-to-day -day work for two seasons was the fact that Tom Brady inked a deal with the Buccaneers in March of 2020. So when you heard that news and saw that come about, you guys talked about it on your show, of course. What was your initial expectation of Tom with the Buccaneers? A lot of what we saw, right? Uh, excellence, preparation to an extent that we've never seen, professionalism, especially at that position, to an extent we've never seen. And that's coming from a guy who loves Jameis Winston, right? I, I love Jameis. But Tom Brady's just a different beast, man. He's just a different animal. Now, I knew that's what we would get from the player. I knew there'd be a major impact having Tom Brady in town. I didn't know he was going to impact real estate. And he did. I didn't know he was going to impact everyone around him from that organization to our organization the way that he did. I used to write for a football website called Football Insiders. And when I did, there was someone through the website who positioned me as a guest for different radio stations around the country. I do some of them still to this day. And they would push me as a guest to talk about NFL football on different stations around the country. And some of them would have me on and da 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 Well, even though back then I had somebody pushing me as a guest, potentially to different stations around the country, I do more interviews now on more stations now because of Tom Brady, even though I don't have somebody out there going, hey, why don't you bring this guy on your show to talk about football? doesn't matter because I'm in Tampa Bay and Tom Brady's here, so people want to know. People want to know what's going on. So I've been getting more interview requests the last two years than ever before, even when I had somebody pushing me as an interview, as a guest. You also got to speak with Tom Brady post-game. And here's an example of that. I'm going to play this video right quick of you asking Tom the question that everybody wanted to know. Here it is. Not in your career, but what's it like to walk out there and see a young man holding a sign that says, Tom Brady helped me beat brain cancer? That was really sweet. You know, obviously a tough kid, man. And uh, puts a lot in perspective with what we're doing on the field. Um, in the end, it doesn't mean much compared to what so many people go through. So, 
you know, we all try to make a difference in different ways, and I think so many guys commit times to their foundations and to doing good things for the world, and the NFL does a lot of great things. Um, so it's just nice to always think, you know, do the best you could do, you know, under, under any circumstance. So that was nice to see. Completely clicked on the wrong file when I, sa- I said both. Man, I saved both, but you asked Tom Brady if he was if he was human and said that everybody wanted to know. So that was yeah. Um, I had a feeling. I'm like, I, I knew he was gonna play the are you human question. Yeah, and I, I did. I had it lined up, but uh, again, I clicked on the wrong download button. So, anyways, you got to speak with Tom Brady. That's the ultimate thing out of this. How cool is that to be able to talk with the greatest of all time? Yeah, it's it, it was really cool. You know, him and Gronk both. Um, to have them here in Tampa Bay, it's it's really been special and and yeah, I had to ask him because I had several people that day say to me, and it, I don't remember which game it was, but he was just he was destroying someone through the air that day. And then I had people tweeting at me and texting me. My buddy was out in California writing movies out there and stuff. He's texting me, going, "Is he human?" And I go, "I'm going to ask him after the game. I'm going to ask him for you." And I knew after the game, you can only get so loose. You really got to ask questions about the game. So I quickly pivoted into a real question, but I started out and was just like, you can confirm or deny, but I've had several people ask me today whether or not you're a human being. Now I got to say, that was a few months ago. I started to ask him about whether or not he's a human being. And now all of a sudden he's retired. I'm a little concerned that he left the game just because I'm on to him. And you might be right. You truthfully might be right. Again, Pat Donovan here on TCM Pod talking about his career, his opportunity in Tampa to talk with Tom Brady and other great athletes. And Tampa, title town, Champa Bay, whatever you prefer to call it, had a great run. I'm not saying it's officially over yet, but has had a phenomenal run. Is having. Uh, Is having a phenomenal run. Rays made an appearance in the World Series. Lightning win the Cup back-to-back years. Bucks win the Super Bowl. What was it like to be a broadcaster, a guy in sports media, to work during this time frame in which three of the major sports in Tampa were dominant? It's special. It's really, really special. And it's something I think about a lot. And Aaron and I have had the conversation because, you know – whether it's 10 people or a hundred people or a thousand people or a hundred thousand people, there are people who love our show and who, when big things happen in sports, one of the first things they do is tweet at us or call into the show to get our opinion on it. And it just dawned on me that again, whether it's 10 people or a hundred people or a hundred thousand people, there are people who part of this special moment in Tampa Bay sports is our show living and reliving some of these moments with us is going to be part of their memory of this moment and calling people's bosses and asking them on the radio, if they could have the day off so they could go to the buck Super Bowl parade. There's only a handful of those people that are going to remember that these two idiots on the radio called their boss so that they could have the day off to go to the Bucs Super Bowl championship parade. But man, for those handful of people, we'll always be part of this memory for them. And that to me is so insane to think about, to think about that, that somebody's cause I know how much sports mean to me and I know how much these moments mean to me. And to think that Aaron and I are any little part of that moment, for some Tampa Bay fans 
is just so incredibly rewarding. It's it's hard to it's hard to put into words sometimes. Yeah, so staying on track with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we've obviously well Brady has retired, so we've lost Brady. Who is your ideal quarterback for 2023 season? I mean, Tom Brady. Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> I know it won't be him. Um, but no, seriously, I'll I'll say this. I don't think it's a reality, but if you could go out and get Russell Wilson, I think it would be fantastic. Um, I will tell you that John Mamola told us when he tried to get Russell Wilson on one of our shows on the station that his people kind of like, oh, the Bucks. Like he said, we're the Bucks flagship, and they kind of perked up a little bit. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Who knows? Um, but I, I think Russell Wilson would be fantastic. You know, if the Raiders were to land a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't mind seeing Derek Carr traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that people are talking about, like Jimmy Garoppolo, who I, I just don't think makes sense in this offense. So I, I love the idea of, of a Derek Carr or a Russell Wilson. I'd be very surprised if we end up that fortunate. Yeah, there's absolutely no way we end up with Jimmy Garoppolo. And if Bruce Arians is still staying in Tampa with his offense, I mean – He's no risk it. I mean, a risk it or, or biscuit type of coach here. And yep. with Jimmy Garoppolo, he's kind of a, a one read guy, honestly. He's he's a game manager that makes bad decisions at the end of games. But you were obviously a part of Radio Row this season, uh, kind of remotely. My yeah. question is who was like the least involved person that you interviewed over this week? Like it could be an athlete that was maybe just pushing their product the entire time or just not paying attention to your questions, really. I'll be honest with you. There's nobody from this week that really stuck out. The one I'll tell you is two years ago. We were there in person in Miami. So we're not talking about guys on the phone anymore or down the, the access line with John Mamola sitting at the table while we're back in Tampa. We're talking about guys right at the table with us. And as a guy who grew up a New York Giants fan and a guy who likes bow ties quite a bit, I've always been a big Dahani Jones fan. And Dahani Jones came over with a Special Olympics athlete. And, and we love talking to the Special Olympians, too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, James Schultz is one of our listeners who's a Special Olympian. We're going to have him on the show soon. And I can't wait. But I was psyched to talk to Dahani Jones. And he just really wasn't about the interview at all. He was just like, talk to the kid. talk. He wasn't saying it like that. But basically... Everything we get, you know, everything we asked him, it was like quick answer, get back to the Special Olympics kid. And it was kind of a bummer because I'd always wanted to talk to him. Also, not Radio Row, but if you guys, are you guys MMA guys? I like to see highlights, but I don't follow. Well, you probably remember, even if you're not a huge UFC fan, the fastest knockout in UFC history when Jorge Masvidal flew across the cage and hit Ben Askren with a knee just like that, and knocked him out. We had Ben Askren on the show that week. He could not have been more disinterested with the interview. We had him on for a few questions, realized he didn't want to be there, and said, you can get the hell out. We're not wasting our time with this. And then he got knocked out, and we were like, that's what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> Talking with Pat Donovan of 95.3 WDAE here on Talk To Him Tuesday. Final question, Pat. I got to toss you a couple more bucks. We went two minutes over. Best advice you've ever received, and we'll end it at that. Uh, best advice I've ever received. 
I don't know that it's exactly advice, but I remember early on in school when I went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, one of our one of our I think it was one of our news teachers. Um, she she said in front of the whole class that when you get into radio or when you get into broadcasting, one of the hardest things to do is to be yourself on purpose. And I, I thought that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It doesn't make any sense. And then I put a pair of headphones on and got on the radio for the first time. And I actually, the first time I was on the radio, I was an intern and Bobby Fenton, I don't know if you remember that name. He was a great broadcaster in Tampa. Just kind of, um, I don't know how, how to explain why he didn't last as long as he probably should have because the kid's super talented. But he was doing a show with Ryan Neese, former Buccaneer linebacker, at the at, at the uh, International Mall at Champs. And Ryan left, and it was just Bobby. And we were talking during a commercial break, and he's like, oh, you want to be on the air? Let's do it. And he brought me on the show. And I put the head phones on I was like, <laughs> talking 100 miles a minute and i mean just like so nervous and like just talking way too fast and i like i didn't sound like me i wasn't me and it's hard when you first get into broadcasting to just slow down and be yourself and be yourself on purpose and it sounds weird and it sounds like what are you talking about of course i'm myself but it's a totally different animal once you put the headphones on and once you get in front of the microphone and, and you got to be yourself, but also be thinking about what you're doing, be thinking about your next question, be thinking about the commercial break, whatever it might be. There's a lot of moving parts to a radio show that you don't really think about until you're there and you have to do it. And then all that thinking takes you out of just being yourself. So that it's not advice, but it's one of the things that you, that you have to focus on earlier in your career because it's, you know, it's very easy to not be yourself on the air. And you're not going to be good if you're not. Again, the great words of Pat Donovan of 95.3 WDAE and the Pat and Aaron Show at Pat Donovan Radio, Instagram and Twitter at Pat and Aaron Show on Twitter. Thanks for your time, man. It was an awesome experience and uh, hope to see you soon. Keep up the great work. I'll definitely listen to you guys on the iHeartRadio app. I <laughs> love it. All right. Love you, kid. We'll talk soon.